how do we make this work? And it was by finding different ways to create additional streams of income. And real estate is one of the best ways to do that. And thinking that we have to wait until we're 65 to have that freedom, it just, it did not make sense for us. This is the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys Show with Matt and Dr. Iggy, helping you achieve peak health and financial freedom so that you can live a long, vibrant life on your own terms. And now, here are your hosts, Matt and Dr. Iggy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Guys Show. My name is Matt, and as always, I'm here with my awesome, spectacular co-host, Dr. Iggy. How are you today, brother? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? For a change, David is doing fantastic. Dr. Iggy David is doing fantastic. Uh, what makes you fantastic? Oh, I've been able to bike again. I, As everyone has known, it depends when you're listening to this, but I'm yeah, you put your stuff almost out here 100%. Yeah. Almost 100%. And so nice. I'm getting there. Things are getting a lot better. Back's getting better. Everything is moving how it's supposed to. I like that kind of stuff. Yes. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. We had a capital raise last night for a new offering for a new apartment complex that that uh, that we're buying out in Kentucky. Um, so it's up a little late. A debriefing from that, and I can't. I, I can't go to bed. The, those things are in the evening, right? Oh yeah. We typically start them off at eight Eastern, right? So that it went till nine thirty Eastern. Oh, and I know. I am so. I know you're on it, right? I, and so I'm like flying on a rail when those things end. So I can't go to bed. So I didn't go to bed at like midnight because I, I was just, you know, you're pumped. And you're, you yeah. got the adrenaline. It was the go, same. I get it. I, I want to totally run up a it. mountain after those things. I want to climb. I, I, I probably should have gone. You should. I should have gone on my treadmill. I should have gone on my treadmill. Should have worked right. out. I did. Yeah. I did not do that. I just stayed up late. And so you I'm know what I did after your your webinar? Huh? Put my head. I what I did after. So usually in the evening. I'm like already asleep by 9.30. Yeah. So what I had to do after the webinar, I'm wearing my blue light blocking glasses. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm blocking all that blue light, listening to you and I'm getting pumped up listening to you. So then I go into the, the my cold tub, dunk my head under three times and then I get that calming effect. So it's the same thing. Like I worked huh. out and then I was able to go to bed. So it was kind of cool. I should have done that. I should have yeah. filled up a bucket. I should have, I should have texted you. I should have filled up a bucket show. of cold water, stuck right. my head in it three times, and I would have been able to go to bed. But I was not able to go to bed until midnight. Um, well, what would have Liz have thought of all that? If you're sitting there with a bucket. <laughs> if I told her, Dr. Iggy told me to do it, she would have thought nothing of it. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to her with your head going to Right. She just walked by and say, Dr. Iggy told you to do that, didn't he? I'm like, yeah. Yes, dear. Yes. Yeah. Now, now I can go to sleep. <laughs> like that's, dry off, we, she's fine. that's that's what we live for. We live for that kind of excitement. We thrive on that kind of stuff. I mean, that <laughs> it is nice. And it is nice to change the schedule up a little bit. Yes. And it goes back. I know we already talked about this on the show. So not to go down the rabbit hole again, but about the level of uncertainty, about wanting some uncertainty in our life. Um and the the things about getting ready for raises or for business deals or whatever it is, your brain doesn't know the difference of me getting excited about closing a business deal versus me getting excited about chasing down a mastodon trying to trying to get it to eat for dinner, right? At the end of the day, it's all adrenaline rush stuff. And so we we need that. 
off the calendar adrenaline rush. You can't be a robot. You got to have some changes and things like that. And that, and last night was that for me. So I'm still flying. I'm still excited. I'm, I'm physically tired, but I'm mentally jazzed, you know? Yes. So bottom line, that's how I'm doing. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I sure could use a health tip, man. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. want to help? You want to, well, you want to, you want to, you want to, is going to help you out with Ooh. this particular thing. All but it might, you know what? You know what? This could possibly help oh. you out with it. Oh boy. And, and I didn't even think about it. So I'm going to give you a health tip. How about that? I bring it on. Give it, give it to all, all right. of us. Let's go. So, you know, when you think of dandelions, you think of what? It's a pain. In the I think of you're... them open, big open dandelions in a field. I think of like the little dream cat, the, the, the things you go, you right. blow on to like, to make the, the, my kids blow on to make wishes and things like that. And I think of something that I see in an open field that, that I, that's like, that's kind of a weed, but also not, you know, like that's what I think of. Yeah. And so I used to think of them in the same way. And I used to think of them as a weed and that they were in the grass and I'm like, I got to get rid of them. Yeah. They're a pretty well, weed. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's one of those things. So I actually eat dandelions and they make a tea out of dandelions. There's all sorts of sorts of ways to, to take in dandelions, but mm. it is probably one of the healthiest. I don't know if we can call it a vegetable, uh, a supplement. It's somewhere in that scheme of things. It's a, it's a leafy green. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is one of the healthiest things that I eat. Number one, it's an antioxidant. Mm-hmm. And so it has beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin K, vitamin E, folate and B vitamins. I also, so I take it for multiple reasons. And I, I just, I saute it in olive oil. You're, not, you're like salt. going in your backyard and picking out these pretty weeds out of your backyard and washing them and bringing them in the house because right? you could anybody could anybody that has dandelions that grow indigenous to their area could do that right they could except but, i don't i actually purchase them and and i know it sounds ridiculous yeah, why the heck would i buy dandelions the problem when they're right is, in your backyard the problem is is the dandelions that grow in your backyard either you or your neighbor has sprayed uh, roundup or glyphosates on it and they absorb all that stuff. Yeah. And so they can actually be, cause they're, they'll, they'll absorb it pretty well. And as you may have seen it, I mean, even if you spray dandelions, they'll still grow. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. They're very resistant. And, and it's funny stuff. on Roundup and most bottles of Roundup, there's actually a picture of a dandelion. Of a dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> like spray it on these things, right. you know, don't it's eat ironic. them. Spray this stuff on it. So the Roundup will give you cancer. Dandelion's yeah. supposed to, it will help with that. If I can, there you go. Let them fight it out. Right. Yeah. Could I let the dandelion and the roundup fight it out? No. So don't (laughs) Don't do that. Don't eat unless you have acres and acres and none of your neighbors spray roundup. You're better off getting, I know we we can get into this whole thing about organic stuff, but uh, do not eat dandelions from your backyard. So you're better off in purchasing them or better off buying a supplement. Or if you have your own garden growing dandelions, they're not hard to grow. <laughs> and so, and so the, now it also, uh, it, it can help with uh, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver. So I, in, in the past, like if you eat like a lot of carbs or you're type two diabetic uh, tendencies, you drink, well, that's alcohol, <laughs> so, but your, your liver enzymes can go up and eating dandelions can help with that. 
So mm. it's because it's a cholesterol reducer. Is it, it is it a hangover that. helper? Like if you're a little hungover, have be. a little too much to drink or something like that? You, just you know what? Your we yard could try that. Although what? we don't drink that much, but we could try that. No, I'm not second from myself or for you or for me or whatever. But if someone listening wants right. to like, oh, I made some bad choices last night and I need to get my, my body back on a It is a movement. detoxification agent. So it, it could help How with about that? that. And I didn't think about it, especially if you're adding the sea salt and the olive oil. Isn't that awful that I thought of that? Yeah, 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 electrolytes right. back up. It's it's like a good thing. We don't prepare them by sautéing them in a frying pan with yeah, sea and salt will, and olive oil. And this will help with it. And also with alcohol, it also reduces blood sugar. Hmm. So, I, and on top of that, I, I had to write down. So if I keep looking down, I'm writing down all these things because there's so much that these dandelions can do. And then it lowers uh, blood pressure because it's high in potassium. And it, it also acts as diuretic. So you can... You know, you're yeah. that's that's also how it's acting to reduce blood pressure. Uh, and because it helps with the carbohydrate metabolism or lowering the blood sugar, it also aids in weight loss. So mm. these dandelions are pretty good. It's also there's studies that uh, it can reduce cancer. It's it can boost the immune system because it's antiviral. It's antibacterial. Uh and it aids in, in digestion. So you don't want to take too much of it. because It sounds it, like it's so funny, but it sounds like it's a miracle. Uh, like a superfood, right? Yeah. And I've never heard to it. Uh, I've never heard it referred to as a superfood before. Um, but that's crazy. I got a superfood growing in my backyard. Although Dr. Iggy says don't eat it. Um, it depends. I mean, uh, you're in a nice area. Maybe no one sprays any glyphosate and you're okay. But if they do, I, I would hold off on it. Yeah. And, the one thing is if you have allergies, especially to ragweeds, what are they? Uh, like, uh, just look up what ragweeds are or anything, marigolds, anything of that family. If you're allergic to any of those, then you should not eat it. You're going to end up in uh, in the hospital. <laughs> don't eat it. Don't eat that. Don't, don't eat that. What the, Dr. Iggy is not advocating eating anything growing in your yard. Uh, right. What Dr. Iggy is advocating is uh, is dandelion, if you know that it's safe, or uh, dandelion growing in a store. Get it out of a store if you can. You know. Um, yes. So uh, so that's great. D tell us real quick before we move on how how do you prepare it and uh, and how do you recommend folks preparing it for 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 uh, for consumption. That is fantastic. So first off, before you eat this stuff, or if you take it, definitely if you take it like a supplement, because the supplement is dried, so it's even a higher content of it, is definitely talk to your healthcare professional beforehand if you're going to take it like a supplement. If you're going to eat it like a leafy green, you're, you're, you're probably okay. But as a supplement, you should talk to your healthcare professional, especially if you're on any meds or if you have type 2 diabetes or anything, any kind of medical condition, because it can interfere with other drugs because mm. it can act like a diuretic. That's pretty so, powerful stuff. I, oh, yeah. So it, how do I prepare it? I take the leaves and I like, the, I like bitters. So if you like so you doing the flower, the stem, the whole thing is what. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't eaten the flower. You know what? I'm going to try eating the flour. The flour probably is really rich in nutrients. I have I'll not. Bet it's probably really bitter too. It probably. Yeah. And uh, the fact that the rabbits don't really eat it gives me a, a little bit. You know, well, you're not a you rabbit, always, are you? you what's know? that? I'm semi-rabbit. I used to eat a lot of carrots. So yeah. yeah. Rabbits don't eat a lot of things we eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So um, I so usually prepare olive oil, sea salt, lemon, and I just lightly saute it. And it, it's 
To me, it's delicious. My mouth mm. is watering right now thinking about it. I'm kind of thinking. Who about would it think too. I would crave dandelions? Right? Uh, only you. <laughs> Not only me, but it's. Can you put I, them I in a smoothie? Would like do you have to cook them, or could I just throw them in a smoothie or something like that? Or no? I guess you could. I would still cook them a little bit. It when you lightly cook it, it probably releases the nutrients a little bit better because. Uh, Greens, it's the same thing like uh, spinach or anything else. You, if you lightly cook it, it'll actually raise the, the content of the nutrients. It'll make it more bioavailable. Mm. And I think uh, you don't have to cook them at high heat, but no. yeah. We'll I'm it. getting so excited about it. I know. I can tell. I, I can tell. I just, I love the flavor. I want to go out and buy some right now. You should. The ones that I'm I just buy, pick them in my yard. they look amazing. I mean, they look, they're probably they not even organic. And, and it's funny that I have them in my backyard and I'm going to buy them. But yeah, they're, they're like, not organic. They're this big. Say it ain't so. Right? <laughs> Say it ain't so. But they're too perfect. I have. Yeah. So you can eat the ones in your backyard. I have eaten the ones <laughs> in my backyard. I just did. I just wanted it out there as a release so that you didn't get no, no way the dr iggy is spraying your roundup in his yard man not right. happening right yeah but my neighbors and we're on a downhill i'm sure have sprayed around uh, there good point. i don't good point. know good point right i don't know good point dandelions guy that is your that is your uh your health tip check it out uh let me move it on over to the wealth tip guys if you guys listened to the last two episodes i talked about the three different things that people invest their money for number one was cash flow we talked about that we also talked uh uh, last week about appreciation is another thing that people invest for. And the third things that people invest for, and things can get a little crazier on this one, and people tend to gravitate. If you gravitate just for this one, I believe you're kind of missing the point of investing. And the third one is tax advantages. Now, there are investments you can make that are strictly for tax advantages. There are things called conservation easements. There are other things out there that it's simply, I'm going to throw dollars in, I'm going to get a write-off. Um, you can invest in things like solar and things like that, primarily for tax advantages, uh, but also for some cash flow as well. And there are folks that are really looking to shelter income or looking to minimize their tax obligations and things like that in exchange for uh, for tax advantages. And the, what's interesting that the government can do, the government can encourage investments in things by just giving tax write-offs. I'll rattle off a few. As I said, solar, um, the government, just solar and in some ways doesn't make fiscal sense yet from a cash flow perspective only. Um, it certainly doesn't appreciate. It actually depreciates, goes down in value as it sits up there on your roof. Um, but uh, but it, it doesn't cash flow a ton because the, the technology's getting there, but it's not quite there yet. So the, the, it makes sense for the government to throw a little bit of a tax incentive on those on things like solar. Um, there's also things like low-income housing tax credits. That's a tax advantage um, because building maybe building new housing in struggling economic areas doesn't make fiscal sense because the rents that are in those areas or whatever. But so tax incentives make sense there. Um, uh, rattling off a few oil and gas. Uh, I've mentioned conservation easements as well. That's really what that is, is that's investing in conserving land to be what it is, open land, open uh, open parks, uh, you know, land with nice pretty streams and hiking trails and things like that. And it's nice, it would be nice to just believe that forever those places should stay societal benefit. But unless they're owned by the town or by a park administration, there is a chance that that land could get bought by a developer and turned into a Walmart 
right? Well, there are conservation easements that prevent you from ever doing that again by getting a group of investors to come in and buy that land and agree to make it a, to make it that, that forever, to make it a piece of, to make it the public park that it is, or to make it woods or to make it farmland or whatever it may be, and not bring it to its air quote, economic highest and best use in exchange for a tax advantage. So there are lots of tax advantages out there. I am more of an advocate of blending in tax advantages along with appreciation and cash flow. That's why my company operates heavily in multifamily because multifamily real estate gives you all three. It gives you cash flow, appreciation, and uh, tax advantages through depreciation, cost segregation studies, those kinds of things. There are all ways you can juice the investment with some tax advantage, but not investing strictly for taxes. I believe that the solid investment strategy is to pursue things that provide all three of these things, that provide some cash flow. As I said before in a prior episode, it's a good way to determine the health of your investment, that it's giving you checks on a regular basis, right? <laughs> um, it is a good thing to invest in something that goes up in value or either holds or increases its value over time through appreciation. And now, the tax advantages are another way to, to add on so that you don't have to pay all the burden tax on everything that you're making and you've, you can enjoy some tax advantages by investing in things the government thinks are good things for you to invest in by giving you tax incentives for that investment. Now, it's interesting that there are very little, if any, tax advantages through Wall Street investment side, Dr. Agee. Did you notice that? Um, oh, yeah. It's not that the government doesn't believe in Wall Street investments. It's just they don't have to incentivize those things, you know? And then why are they going to throw tax money at it? You're already investing in it. You know, you're already going to do it. And they're, the one tax advantage they are forcing you to do uh, through Wall Street investments is the 401k and the IRA, Right. Uh, those are tax advantages for investing in Wall Street. Um, and that's, it's kind of a, you know, interesting conversation, but that is a tax advantage as you get there with those. And I'm hoping that the rules change that people can then take those uh, 401ks and invest in other stuff like oil and gas or whatever, like you can through a self-directed IRA. But that's another tax. People don't think of it that way, but that is a tax advantage you get by allowing your money to grow tax-free before you take it out. So, When you are investing, think of all three. Make sure that you're getting some sort of a tax leverage, um, that that you're getting a tax benefit, getting appreciation benefit, that it's got a chance to go up in value and you're getting some sort of cash flow back to to yourself or to the investment vehicle you're in, be that an IRA or 401k, whatever it may be. So those are the three things people invest invest for, David. What do you think? Oh, yeah. And I think those fund managers would uh, freak out if they uh, could take your 401k and do something else with it. So I know. And that goes back to the government. And then it's a whole big The world's changing. The world is changing. It's getting away from a financial advisor providing all of your wealth and all all your wealth stuff by themselves. They they are still a part of the equation, but they are not the only equation anymore. Um, There are other alternative investments that folks can get themselves into. And I think that's only going to increase in the next five, 10 years or so. Um, So those are the three things. Uh, I hope that was of value. Now, Dr. Eggie, we've got an awesome guest lined up here. Uh, The net worth nurse, uh, Savannah Arroyo, is lined up on deck to come in. And you and I have already done the interview. This is a great interview, I thought. Phenomenal interview. We spent very little time talking about actual real estate stuff. We spent a lot of time talking about health Talk, we talked about um, uh, Savannah's re- how what life was like for her as a nurse during COVID. Uh, a lot of great stuff. We got real um, in that. What did you get out of today's, today's interview that folks are listening for? Yeah, talking to a nurse in LA and 
her being so health conscious and, and so structured, I mean, it's hard, hard work being a nurse. And then on top of it, being a nurse during COVID and on top of it, running this real estate business and having kids, it's a lot. It's and, a lot. And, and, and it's, she's a lot it's of and. super impressive. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. uh, great conversation on how she maintains her energy um, and her balance through all of uh, all of that, through all the ands that she has and being a mom of two kids and owning uh, several apartment complexes and uh, being a full-time nurse and going on 66 podcasts so far this 66? year with a goal of 100. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and that. So uh, she, she is the energizer bunny of, uh, of real estate and nursing. So Let's go ahead and bring her on to today's show. Savannah Royo, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, thank you. I'm super stoked to be here. I'm stoked too. The Net Worth Nurse. First of all, I love that name. That's such a cool brand. And when I, when, when we heard that, we were like, oh, that's that. We we need to have Savannah Royo on the uh, Healthy Wealthy Wise Guys show. I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> so how'd you come up with that cool name? Yeah, my I got to give my husband credit for that. But um, <laughs> we really came down to after we did our first syndication deal, we mm-hmm. realized we really needed to launch some sort of brand, have a foundation for our investors to come to for educational materials. And we were just trying to think of the way ways that we could do it in the most genuine way possible. We don't have sales bones in our body. That's just not really our background. And so mm-hmm. doing it coming from a nurse standpoint, being able to cater to medical professionals was really like my ideal marketing strategy. And so, mm-hmm. voila, the net worth nurse. No problem. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a cool name, and and I think that it really speaks to a lot of medical professionals' desire, uh, which is what we see uh, to to really just create. I mean, they they got they've got a lot of them have the health thing down, right? Some of them don't, but most of them got the health thing down. But it's life's not just about being healthy; it's also about creating prosperity for yourself and uh, the whole enchilada. Uh, where I always cite from Jerry Maguire the Quan, you know, all of it, mm-hmm. right? The the whole thing. Um, so that's uh, and that's uh, David. That's how you and I met in talking about you know really merging a lot of our mentality and wealth strategies and things like that together, right? Very, very true. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. So you are a uh, an, an active nurse. Along with, you mentioned earlier that you've gone on 60 podcasts this year. I fell out of my chair when I heard you say that. Uh, and you've also got a, a growing syndication business as well, right? Yes. So I, I, I've got a question here. How do you, how do you do all that? Like, how do you, what is your secret to balance and energy? Like, talk us through how a active medical professional can still take on all these other things with from a balanced energy perspective. Yeah, definitely. So really organization um, lists being organized with like what I'm working on at any given time and what I need to do. But I mean, honestly, really what gives me the energy and kind of the foundation of being able to move through all this stuff is really getting right with my health. And that's a huge, huge thing for me. And it's something that this last year, especially during the COVID, I just really made a very strong effort to get right with like my daily habits of, you know, doing intermittent fasting. I do a daily juice every day. I do mushroom supplements. I do a daily meditation. So getting really right physically gives me the energy when I'm really right with my health. It gives me the energy and the motivation to keep going with all this real estate stuff. Ooh. So let's talk about intermittent fasting. Yeah. Why did you start it? What have you experienced doing it? the upsides, the downsides and everything else. 
Definitely. That was something I started. I think I'd start dabbling with that back in high school. Um, just, or I mean, in college, I was kind of, I heard about it from people in the yoga community. A lot of people were doing it and, um, I just, it didn't seem that hard. I'm not, I wasn't a huge breakfast person anyways. And so for me to be able to intermittent fast for, I think I, I usually do like 16 ish hours, um, was fairly easy for me. Um, and just not even, it just gives you so much energy. You feel clear. I, when you really start learning about how much your body overworks to digest food on pretty much a constant basis, if you're eating all day, all this, all the resources and energy in your body are going to digesting your food and it's a lot of work. And so when you fast, it gives your body a rest. So now it's not digesting any of that food. Now it's healing other parts of your body. And so when you look at it from that point of view and perspective, it's like, Oh, Oh, like I get it now. And then you get why you have so much more energy and you feel clearer. Like, I mean, in the mornings and stuff, I feel so clear not having a breakfast. And now I notice like I get, you're more aware of what you eat because now when I eat like carbs or heavy carbs, I get like a decrease of energy immediately. I feel super sluggish. So it really just kind of makes you aware of what you're ingesting and how it's affecting your body and your energy levels. Oh, that's all. I found the same exact thing. I think we talked about this before. Matt, did we talk about this before? Yes. When I'm treating patients, I will not eat. Yeah. I will just drink water, electrolytes. I will not eat until I'm all done because that energy level, it just keeps increasing, it goes up and up and up and up. And then it just steadies out. And then you get the super calm feeling. So I love it. Yeah. You do the but same with you show, like you, peak, I mean, you've, you've given me coaching on this too, Dave, because I've begun intermittent fasting myself. Um, and I, there is a point where I get like, all right, I got to do something. I either need to eat. I need, I need another cup of coffee. I got to mm-hmm. like, I've done the whole like chug, like, you know, like a liter of water or whatever, to, not a liter, but you know, like, like a pint of water or whatever. She so gets something in my stomach to get that full feeling for a little bit. If I need to keep fasting, if I can't eat or don't want to eat or whatever, but there, there is a point. And then how do you guys send, cause you guys are more into fasting than I am. How do you sense when you like, okay, I now need to eat. Like what, what's your indicator? Is it like that you get like that hangry turn into Joe Pesci kind of thing? Or like, what, what, when do you, when do you use like enough fasting time to eat? I mean, I usually do the same time limits every day. I do usually, usually 12 to seven ish, 12 to six, if I'm feeling hardcore, but, um, those it's your body just kind of gets used to it. Your body is very adaptable to routine. And then you, it just kind of senses, oh, you're not going to eat for the morning. Exactly. Like you, Matt, I'll like chug some water if I'm feeling those hunger pains and then just kind of get busy with work or ride it through. And then by the time you know it, it's noon and you're ready to break that fast. Yeah. For me, it's when I get dizzy. If I get dizzy, so if I if I'm training, so I'm a bike racer too, Savannah. So uh, if I'm training and it, it becomes a point where I'm seeing stars, that's the limit. Is and that, then yeah, and then it's not like, healthy though. It's like why yeah. would I almost pass yeah. out when you drop your start to lose my vertigo a little bit and feel a little a little woozy. That's <laughs> that's when you you push the limit i mean when you're going anaerobic too many times and you're you're fasted and you're taking do savannah have you tried uh ketone supplements yet ketone salts not the esters no uh yeah i meant the esters not the salts which one is it what do i take i take esters yeah and so it, it really spikes your ketone levels and you get this super alertness they're expensive but it's it's like a, a super fast 
Mm. And then it stays and you're not hungry. The thing is, the, the trick, I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, it's uh, they're going to tell you it's a great way to lose weight because you're not eating. Right. Because uh, it reduces that ghrelin hormone. But it, what it really does is it slows down your metabolism, too. So mm. it's like this trick. So it's not something to lose weight. It's just something to keep this thing working at, at its fine. I should have taken some before this uh, podcast. that brain. <laughs> I know. And you can fire it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that, that my, my mental clarity, uh, I, I try not to do my big thinking, uh, after I've eaten lunch. Um, like the, my morning time has become my high focus, high energy when I've got to give the world my best kind of thing. And I try, I've, I've learned this from David. I try not to eat. If I've got to go back, you know, if we go back to giving, you know, on stage performances and talking, you know, talking in public and things like that, I'll try not to eat before I have to go on stage. Uh, now that I've learned this from David, and I try, I didn't eat today before this interview because I wanted to have higher energy and all that. But once I do, that's when you got to go. I gravitate back to paperwork and emails and, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. So I try and monitor my energy based on when I've eaten. Um, so uh, have you done longer fast Savannah with regard, like, uh, with regards to like, you, you know, days and things like that for cleansing and stuff? I've done a couple of juice fasts, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of days. I, I like, I did a three day one right before my wedding, um, <laughs> just kind of different things like that. But I, I'm not, I haven't done like major, major fast. I think even with intermittent fasting, you find like the biggest hurdle with it is like the social aspect of eating. Yeah. Eating is such a social, like ceremonial event, honestly. Yeah. And so it's, that's probably the hardest part about fasting is not eating when other people are eating. Like, especially for me, like on the weekends, it's a little bit different. Like if my daughters are here, like occasionally I'll breakfast with them and that sort of stuff. So I'm not like hardcore doing it 24 seven, but I mean, more often than not, I do, but the social aspect makes it kind of difficult. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Matt Matt has experienced that with me when I go out to eat and he's like, you're not ordering anything. And I was like, I'll get another coffee. And I can sit there. I chat. It's no yeah. big deal. You, yeah. you feel guilty hanging out with me. You don't feel guilty, right? No, if I, I do, no, I don't. Because well, I know. respect, I respect the health decisions you've made and I look up and, you know, not to get mushy, but I look up to the health decisions you make about yourself. And so I, you know, admire and respect it. I'm like, Oh, cool. This guy's not, I mean, I'm going to sit over here and eat a big salad and you know, and this guy's going to just sit and maybe mouth water over my salad, but it doesn't seem like, <laughs> yeah. it seems like you've been doing it long enough. You don't care. Yeah, um, I, don't. I did the master. We talked about this offline, the master cleanse. We just drank this crazy lemonade, maple syrup, cayenne pepper stuff for 10 days. I did that and went to a big, like a big dinner at this like big time barbecue spot where these guys are eating chicken wings and all this like lots and lots of guy food and everything like that. And I'm drinking this lemonade slush. And that was really, really hard um, yeah. to, to sit and watch, especially when you're on a multiple day fast and you haven't eaten and your stomach's just screaming at you. And you're just drinking this lemonade thing. I didn't break my fast. I kept going. Uh, but that there are times when you're putting yourself through times like that, that it's hard to be around food and around those social environments because your brain tells you, I'm sitting here with people, I'm supposed to eat and mm-hmm. you don't, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and you're not eating food for whatever reason, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult. I found. We'll talk about your juicing because you were you were alluding. Yeah, juice, to I want to talk about mushroom tea juicing. I want to hear about all these things, we're right? Gonna, so we're gonna get the juicing. Yeah, what kind do. of mushrooms are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about um, good ones, and I, I have a feeling we're <laughs> ones. But I want to hear about the juicing. 
Yeah. yeah. What What do you put in your juices? What's your favorite juice? You know, any reactions you've ever had to juice? All that stuff. Um, yeah, juicing, that's something I did. Yeah, back in high school, I started that. My sister and I, we got a really nice juicer, like a Jack LaLanne, and we were juicing almost every day and yeah. doing that. Um, I mean, just everything like carrot, apple, celery. Yeah. I'm really big on celery juice now. I don't know if you've heard of the medical medium, but he's just like yeah. an all healer through celery juice. And so, my wife's going to walk in now. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. got to have him on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just doing that, I used to do it now with like two kids and the real estate and doing nursing full time. I go to Costco and I'll buy like the Suja brand of organic celery juice, like that huge gallon bottle. I'll buy like four of them and then just almost drink half of it a day. Um, I'll try and drink it usually like after my workout. Cause I'll work out right when I get home from the hospital, just like a quick 20 minute hit workout. And that really is like my shift between like my nurse mode and my mom mode, real estate mm, mode. That's, that's kind of like my, my light. So I'll, after I work out, I'll like chug a bunch of celery juice or carrot juice. That's kind of like my easy, easy go-tos. But if I'm at a restaurant or a juice place, like I'm getting something fancy for sure. Oh my God. So talking on about, about, oh, go for it, Matt. No, 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 well, I got so excited. <laughs> I can tell. I, can man, tell. I get very excited sometimes, uh-huh. especially when you're talking about juicing. So go for it, Matt. I want to just plug in one thing and then we can get back to it. And I'll, I'll uh, and, and that, but that is about using working out or using your body's, your body as a means to create a shift. And I think that that's really, really cool. You get home from you getting home from nursing is like, okay, I'm going to go and break a sweat. And that creates a transition point from an energetic standpoint. Like now I'm now in mom mode. Right. And it creates that signature for your body to, okay, now I'm going to shift mentality. I love that. Yeah. And I think the hard thing about it too, is like, it's an it, like when you work out, it gives you more energy. So it's almost like, like yesterday when I got home, cause I ate it, I usually do an afternoon coffee and I had a cookie with it. And so I was feeling super sluggish by the time I got home from work. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to work out. I don't want to work out. But I was like, I have to, like, this is what's going to give me that shift in energy. Like mm. it gives you more energy when you work out. And so I did a quick, like 20 minute workout powered through it. And then I just felt so much better. That's awesome. So uh, several years ago, Matt, I never told you this, but I was addicted to carrot juice. And (laughs) I bought half carrot juice 12 step, right? Yeah. And it was nonstop. I was in the OR drinking carrot juice. They would make fun of me. And so I come in one day and they're like, you look a little orange. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, and they're like, you always look tan. And I looked at the bottom of my feet and my hands, I put up my hands and they were orange. The bottom of my feet were orange. So you, you, you take in when you get excess beta carotene, you take it in, you truly turn orange. It took about six months to deplete, to decarry your body. And Uh. the other thing that I realized was that carrots the reason why i liked it so much is that they're high in sugar and when you juice them especially the mouth that i was drinking drinking i mean it was it was sugar galore so that's why i was loving it and uh yeah so now i i limit my carrot juice right. and i'll turn orange you, you, and i don't spike my blood sugar the whole time yeah and uh yeah so that's all i had to say david is not much of a moderation guy the doctor well no i'm trying to doctor i'm trying to bite i'm 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 mixing it up now but, <laughs> yeah so when you mentioned carrot juice yeah so mm-hmm. 
in celery juice. Yeah, that is the the new thing. I've always liked celery. My wife is allergic to it, but then she was going to try celery juice just because of that medical medium that you were mentioning. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. (laughs) So So what if she has an allergic reaction, right? (laughs) No, she, yeah, she's willing to try it. Yeah. Uh, Now, before we move, hopefully listeners want to hear about this too, but the mushroom tea, let's hear about that. I know I'm poking. I know it's not, you know, the kind of mushrooms that folks may. may And if it is, you can still talk about it. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, well, the whole psilocybin mushrooms, I'm a huge proponent of like their advocation through mental health right now. Like Mm -hmm. they're doing big things in the Senate in California, just got passed the legalization of them and that sort of stuff. So they're destigmatizing. Yeah, Yeah, they're destigmatizing. Um, really just like the magic mushrooms that was like land blasted in the seventies with like being a schedule class one or whatever drug. So they're really decriminalizing it and starting to use it for FDA studies for like a lot of mental health illnesses. So I'm like a huge, huge proponent of that. I've just read so much stuff about it working and seen it firsthand. And so I love, love that. Um, but the mushrooms that I was kind of talking about are just like, um, when you start learning about mushrooms, you really realize like just their medicinal effects that they've had for hundreds and hundreds of years, like penicillin, one of our first antibiotics ever created was through mushroom. Right. And then just all these different, like you can clean up oil spills with fungi. Like there's, you can break down plastic with fungi. Like there's all these different crazy experiments that people are doing with them because there's hundreds of, it's just like the ocean. There's so many of them that haven't even been discovered yet. And so there's people out there that are really doing amazing things with them. And a lot of health food stores are really pushing the supplements now. And so I started doing like lion's mane, um, reishi, cordyceps, and uh, a lot of them have different things. So like the lion's mane, so now they're starting to mix it with like coffee blends. Cause that's like the brain, the light, the, like the energizer. Um, and then like reishi is kind of more of a calming one they're, Yeah. They have different ones for all sorts of stuff. So I have, <laughs> I have a bunch of them in my house and I love them. I really do love them. So what's your choice of brand? We're not, we're not selling anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so four sigmatic has a really good one that they blend with coffee and Costco was actually selling it for a while, which was amazing. Ooh. Um, the Costco here in LA, but then recently they stopped selling it. So I just buy it online and the Malama mushrooms, they're based in Hawaii and I just love, love Hawaii. Um, they're a big one. They have a lot of good stuff too. Yeah. So, the, uh, four sigmatic is what I use. Oh, and I get it on on Thrive. Yeah, and I put it. I put in my it. coffee yeah. and yeah. the lion's mane, and then I used to take reishi at night, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a good. It's a good anti-cancer. It, it helps you fall asleep. Helps you calm down. So, and I like their chill version. Man, we're yeah. we're gonna get paid soon by uh, Four Sigmatic. <laughs> I hope you guys get a check. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go online to Four Sigmatic after this and go <laughs> check it out. And again, we're, we're not making anything. We're just, it's just, it seems to be a, a good, uh, a good product. I was listening to Tim Ferriss show and he's a big proponent of Lion's Mane and things like that. And Four Sigmatic might've been what he was quoting or who he was getting it from as well. But um, yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by it. I'm actually thinking about checking it out. Thinking about checking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could uh, do a transition uh, a bit to talk about, because the other side of of what I wanted to highlight here in, in talking to you is, uh, you we're, we're we're not born with the with the real estate bug. It's somewhere you got it, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did you decide to transition from you know full time nurse? 
but also building a syndication business and building the real estate awareness thing through the net worth and their brand and that. What tell us about how you got bit by the bug, right? Because we could all probably transition back to when we got bit by the real estate bug. So tell us about that moment for you. Yeah, definitely. It was when I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and mm-hmm. just at home with her. And my husband and I were just, you know, growing our family and mm-hmm. realizing that we work full-time jobs Monday through Friday, eight to five. And we were thinking about being able to do swim lessons with our daughter and after school programs and just things, soccer practice. And it was like, our, our schedules weren't really going to allow that flexibility. And so we're like, how do we make this work? And it was by finding different ways to create additional streams of income. And real estate is one of the best ways to do that. And for us, it was really the time freedom that we wanted to have with our daughters and to be able to, I mean, we get a set amount of PTO days every year. And it was like, I want to be able to go to Hawaii and live there for a month and work and be there with our daughters and hang out and not have to worry about asking permission from our employers to do that. And it was just like thinking that we have to wait until we're 65 to have Mm -hmm. that freedom. It just, it did not make sense for us. And I mean, we've both been putting 15 to 20% of our paychecks towards our retirement accounts. And that's a huge chunk of money. And as our family's growing, we're like, okay, we're putting away all this money. We're doing the right thing. Everyone's like, oh yeah, 15 to 20% of your paychecks for retirement, you're going to be good. And we're like, okay, cool. But we can't touch this money until we're 65. Like it just didn't make sense. Like I, I know it's so traditional and like people really just go through the motions of like, that's the way to live life. But for us, it was like this, that it's not going to work with the life we want to live. And so investing in real estate, real estate's really with the mindset of having the freedom moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, ingrained into us. Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it's ingrained into us. Uh, you know, being a dentist, being around physicians all the time, being around nurses and it's ingrained in us to, to save up to save up for retirement. And then you see what happens in retirement. I experienced it in 2008 when I had a whole bunch of dentists retire and then they had to go back to work. And because they lost a huge chunk of what was considered safe investments. And so I see it all the time and and it's wonderful that you're doing that right now. Like absolutely wonderful. And, And it's a blessing that you're here and you're sharing that with other physicians. So that, and nurses. Um, and so what kind of nurse are you? to totally transition into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've done, oh my gosh, I've done, I graduated in 2013 and I've worked in like five different specialties. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of different jobs. I did, I started off in oncology and then I was body bagging patients every week as a new nurse. And that was so mm-hmm. hard. I could, I was very hard. So I did that for a year and then I switched out into med surge tele and then was doing that and then got some surgery. I wanted to save up to buy my first house here in LA. So I had to get a second job. So I was <laughs> working two jobs, you one working. Up a lot to buy a house in LA. Oh my gosh, right? Well, people told me I couldn't do it. And so I was like, you just watch. So I got a per diem job. So I'd work from like six in the morning till 2.30 and then go home, take a nap and then work my night shift, um, shift oh, from wow. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I did that a couple nights a week for like close to a year, um, but got my money for that down payment for my house here. And so I did surgery and then I did orthopedics. I went back to school and I got my master's degree in leadership and administration. So right now I do administration. I help oversee multiple departments at a hospital here in LA. I help oversee the cath lab, specials lab. So that's where you're coming if you're having a heart attack or a stroke. Our teams are taking care of you. The GI lab, where you're coming for your colonoscopy and then uh, the PIC team and the cardiovascular lab. So how scary was it during COVID? 
Because, I mean, Cal- California, especially L.A., I mean, that was a scary place, according to the news. And my family's out in Southern California, so I get their their take on it. So how scary was it being an administrator during that time? Yeah, it was bad. It was, I mean, so when the pandemic first broke out, I was working in an ambulatory setting. I had a team of like 20 caregivers and we were having to close down our clinics because our ortho surgeons weren't operating. So it was putting my staff out of work was like the hardest thing, not knowing if they were going to get subsidized by the government or anything like that. So that was honestly probably the hardest. And then patients getting put off on surgery, they're in Jurassic, like so much pain. They're not being able to have surgery. Um, so that was very, hard towards the beginning of the pandemic. Then I moved back into the hospital and seeing over the holidays in November and December is when LA got hit super bad. We had seven non-ICU units that were converted to ICU. We had four freezer trucks outside of our hospital for, I think like three months that were just full of bodies. Um, just our transport team was going up there and shuffling bodies through these freezer trucks. I mean, every day it was so crazy. And especially from a leader administrative point, we were coming in to policy changes like every day. Like it was like, okay, this is what we're doing today. Well, oh, we got to start wearing masks. Um, caregivers got to start getting COVID tested. We need to start screening people with temperatures at the front. Um, it was like, if you get sick, you need to be off for this many days in quarantine. And if you've contacted, been in contact with these people, we were tracking who patients that have been touched by nurses. It was insane. But I think kind of going back to like health, the mental health aspect of these caregivers during this time was just so sad. The fear that was in the hospital, like every day, I mean, it gives me chills thinking about it now, just people I've never seen people so scared, healthcare professionals in the Mm -hmm. setting of just like, not want, not wanting to be around it. I mean, for me, and my husband, we were very much right in the beginning. We shut off the news without, we were not ingesting the news at that point. And just the fear that was pushed through the media and the politics and social media, just, I, I still can't believe it. I mean, it, it still gets done now, but that was the most eye-opening experience to me, the control that media has and the government that was like the fear and the mental health was just something I've never experienced. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of fear and there was a lot of, and, and there still is a lot of mistrust of mm. the information they're getting. And it's just, well, I'm going to go get these facts. We're going to call it all facts, but I'm going to get these facts over here that tells me it's not a big deal and it's just like the flu. And mm. I'm going to go get these facts over here that tells me people are dropping dead left and right. As you just said, there's, you know, trucks full of bodies out in front of the building. Well, that sounds like more than the flu, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it was, I remember it being very hard to get real live information because the media was just selling on fear. And unless you talk to people like you were on the ground that were seeing what was really happening, then that was the only way to really get data because the data that people were presenting were either what people thought was going on or really just meant to be like clickbait to get eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, so um, it, 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 it was, it was a weird time, you know, um, at that, what, where, where do you think we are now? Not to like, well, let's, we'll go down the COVID hole here. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, I can, I may have, do you, what are your thoughts on everything? The vaccine, where, where do you think the, the next steps for our country are being that you were boots on the ground? I respect that because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you were right in the middle of it. So yeah. where do you think we are now? And what do you think the next, the world's going to look like in the next year? 
Yeah, the vaccination has been huge, huge, Mm -hmm. huge. I think I saw something in San Francisco, like 80% of the residents have been vaccinated there. And there was only like four cases as of yesterday. And they're like the least amount of cases per population throughout the whole country. Like, I think I just saw that yesterday in San Francisco. So I think the vaccinations are definitely helping. Um, Mm -hmm. I have been vaccinated. That's something um, that my whole family has. I mean, not definitely not my kids. I mean, my Mm -hmm. kids did didn't wear masks throughout the whole thing. I mean, when they shut down the beaches here in LA, like I was furious. Um, Mm, Even when I went outside with my kids, I just never wore masks when I was outside. So, I mean, I definitely have, I guess, different (laughs) feelings about, I mean, I've been wearing a mask 40 hours a week for over a year now. And I will be probably for the next six months, every day when I go into work, I put on a mask and I'm wearing it for eight hours. And Mm -hmm. I'm very much over that. Yes. I mean, our whole (laughs) hospital has been vaccinated at this point. So I think we're due to, for those to come off, but at this point, you know, it's just kind of a hospital policy. So I'm locked into that, but um, I'm ready for it to be done. And I think that people have been responsible about it and that we're transitioning that way. I like it. Yeah, I don't think it's six months. I think it's six years. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to change. Well, it's up to you as an administrator. You you can make those changes. (sighs) Does your hospital mandate? Do you guys mandate that the nurses and doctors and whatnot? uh, Because I've heard again, this is like total hearsay and welcome. Thanks, you know, news and things like that. That that there are a lot of nurses and doctors out there that are not willing to take to have the vaccine. Uh, I found that hard to believe. But is 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 that does your hospital mandate it? We do not mandate it. And there are nurses and physicians that have chosen not to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, everyone has their own preference and I totally respect that. Um, I, but yeah, we're not mandating it. So seeing in the media again about these vaccine cards and it being the end all be all to even travel and just this control through the government, that kind of blows my mind. I honestly don't even know too much about of it about mm-hmm. that because I try not to really flood my mind with those kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just, that kind of seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. It does. It seems a little more too big brothery for me to have yeah. to show. Uh, we, we, my wife and I are a member of a local pool uh, where we live, right? We went to the pool and to get permission to not wear a mask around, again, outdoors, to not wear a mask outdoors and to go to the bathroom, go to the snack bar, whatever you got to do, you're supposed to wear a mask, but they'll give you a bracelet, a no mask bracelet if you show your Vax card. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and my my lovely wife have, just so happened to have them in her purse, right? So, oh, you know, that's perfect. Uh, and that, and, and my neighbor who chose not to get the vaccine, God bless. It's okay. That's what's why I love America because he has the choice to do that, right? That's right. Um, you know, he did not, does not have a Vax card that he can show. So now they are requiring him to wear a mask when he walks around again outdoors. Uh, and, and that's so like, it's like, what? Like, show yeah. me the science on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just very convoluted and confusing and, and, and uh, not getting real leadership or direction on this is what it's going to look like. And this is what the rules are uh, mm-hmm. coming from above, you know? Um, so, uh, so any what's other your choice of beach? Where, where do you, uh, yeah, where do you go? Cause you were talking about going to a beach. So yeah, we hit the beach almost every weekend. Cause we live, we live up in the Valley in LA. Right. So we're close to Santa Monica and Malibu. So we'll either love it. Yeah. 30 minutes over to Santa Monica and hang out there, but it's starting to get super crowded again. It was uh, fine through the pandemic. We were riding that wave and just kind of hanging out there with a remote beach. But if it gets super crowded, we'll go up to Malibu and you can get some more um, kind of reserved beaches up there. Was that yeah, crowd, was it crowded pre, uh, pre-pandemic? Were those crowded beaches? 
Yeah. Santa Monica okay. is always super crowded, but yeah, during the pandemic, it got a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten run over almost by scooters there. Yeah. yeah. I, they go, so we got to try that, Matt. We got to race uh, those scooters. We'll, we'll go to Santa Monica and I'm in. race the electric scooters. Oh, like I've done them. Else. I've gone to cities. Um, and, uh, I've rented them in <laughs> DC and, and, uh, I, fe- I fell off. I was in Austin. Oh, crap. I fell off of one in with, really with cars around me, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, cause they, 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 again, let, let's talk more about unregulated spaces and things that are really new and the government has had a chance to get caught up on it. Right. It, that is a motor vehicle, those little scooters, right? That it, you should not be on the sidewalk on a motor vehicle. You should be no. on the street on a motor mm-hmm. vehicle. But there's there's not regulation. Well, if you're in the street, you probably ought to be wearing a helmet, right? There's not regulations on that. There's that is really hard to enforce it. And additionally, uh, it's it's uh, there's when I was in Austin, we went to one location and these things were like litter, like they were like every. Mm-hmm five feet there was just this abandoned scooter land on the sidewalk you know um it's cool they're fun to ride but um but they're not i don't think that we've quite figured out the regs on how those things go it's an interesting business you know and i've met people whose job is to take those things home and recharge them and redistribute them and they make a living doing that Mm -hmm. you know cool business but one of those again example of how fast our world is changing and the government hasn't hasn't had a chance to you know, keep up with keeping things in line around it, you know? So, but yes, David, I'll have a race. I'll, I'll do a, a, a scooter race with you. Yeah. No Cause problem. that's like fun. That's like the golf they cart. Fun. It's like the same thing. But yeah. You know, I'll just the take the doors off my, safer. I'll just take the doors off my Wrangler and, and that, and call that the same, you know, that's like my it big is. golf cart. Yeah, yeah. It is a big golf cart. It is big fast it's, golf cart. It is with the, <laughs> the doors off and the roof off. So, um, I wanted to to talk a bit about just your real estate business. You know, I, I, just because I'm real estate junkie myself and all that. So, what what are you up to these days, real estate wise? What what have you what deals have you done so far? What are you working on? What's your target area? Tell us all about your real estate ventures uh, and, and that, just so we can we can hear how that's going. Yeah, definitely. So we got, when we got bit by the bug, uh, we did a single family first. We did two single family homes, new build town homes. So it was a super easy way to kind of get our feet wet, but we, um, had kind of deployed all our capital in those investments. And we were like, ready to do more. We're like, all right, what do we do next? Like I was ready to keep doing more deals. And then that's when we started learning about multifamily syndication and the opportunity to kind of created a a team sport by investing with other people and having people, giving people the opportunity to invest passively. And we had just kind of generated some interest in our friends and family and people who we, who knew that we were doing real estate. And so they were like, Oh, what? Like, I want to kind of get in. And so we're like, Oh, syndication might be the perfect Avenue for this. And so, um, we did our first syndication deal the end of last year, a 12 unit. And we just did that with some friends and family. And then after that, it was wanting, that's what motivated me to launch the brand because these investors were coming to us and wanting to learn about real estate and just really what a syndication was. And we had no foundation of like educational material. I was referring them out to other people. And then I was like, I need to create our own. And so um, I launched the Net Worth Nurse to now have blogs, YouTube videos, doing my podcast. My goal was to be on a hundred podcasts in a year. And that motivation was really because podcasts were the way that I got started. Like I, when I was on maternity leave, I was going on walks with my daughter and listening to two to three hours of that every day. And that's what really got me like motivated, inspired, juiced on real estate, learning about all the different strategies. So now my goal is to go on podcasts to share my story, to hopefully Mm -hmm. motivate other people who are kind of in the same position as myself and want a different way of life. And so, um, 
then launched the net worth nurse. And since we've done a 24 unit, uh, we're closing on an 18 unit right now. And really just now getting the word out to other medical professionals specifically for me. Um, that's kind of just my niche of people that I talked to. That's my community. So, um, mm-hmm. I've really just been educating physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals on the power of real estate and the ability to passively invest in these syndication deals and not have to do any of the work still get amazing returns. I mean, better than you're getting in the stock market or traditional forms of investment. And it's fun conversations to have because in the hospital, you hear all these doctors talking about cryptocurrency and it's just like nonstop crypto right now. And I kind of plug myself into those conversations of like, you guys are gambling with your money. Like, let me tell you about real estate and the returns that real estate can offer. And so um, it's pretty easy to have those conversations in the hospital. Um, But even since then, I'm launching a, meetup for healthcare professionals. I'm launching it this month, actually in June, um, really just to kind of create a community for these healthcare professionals. Cause again, I was getting on these podcasts and I have a bunch of healthcare professionals reach out to me. Like, how do I get plugged into a network? Like, how can I start building relationships? And I'm like referring them to all these other meetups that I'm a part of, which is cool. But I was like, it motivated me. I'm like, I just need to start my own, like something with specifically healthcare professionals where we can come together, learn about, it won't be just multifamily syndications. It'll be a bunch of different topics in real estate. And I'm lining up speakers who are also healthcare professionals who are in real estate. So I'm hoping to create a really good community there. That's awesome. Uh, Where are the 24 and 18 units? All in Oregon. All of our multifamily have been in Oregon and our single family homes are in Atlanta, Georgia. Where, where in Oregon? Uh, I have a sister in Salem. uh, So where, where in Oregon though? I I know the market, I know that area a little bit, not Portland, not Portland, right? No. uh, Okay. Yeah, their um, politics were a little bit crazy over the last year. A lot of stuff that's yeah, been man. going on over there. So we yeah. kind of steered clear of the city. Yeah, COVID has really shifted the landlord-tenant uh, politics in a lot of areas. That's a whole nother topic. But uh, where, uh, where in Oregon is specific? Are they all in one city or no? Or, okay. So we have one on the coast in North Bend, Oregon. Ooh. That's kind of like a yeah, southern coast. It's yeah. beautiful. It's I love visiting that one because we make a day out of it and go to the yeah. beach. It's gorgeous. I'm going there. Yeah. yeah, we'll come visit. Right. Pendleton, Oregon. Um, that's like far, far northeast. And that's like an hour away from Boise. Like we flew into Boise or maybe okay. like two hours. And then um, another one in Roseburg, like Southern Oregon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like Oregon? Well, I mean, I, I get like, you know, it's it's like God's country, beautiful mountains, that whole thing. The but best why? water. The right. best water. Best yeah. tasting water. I, I love that. that water in Bend. I they have waterfalls that. for days in Oregon. So I see why you're saying that. Um, I have family there. My parents, I, w- I grew up in Sacramento, but after my sister and I went to college, my parents moved up to Oregon. And so oh. we were really just looking in Oregon to start running numbers and practicing our underwriting. And then we started seeing some good deals and we're like, let's reach out to the broker. And we met this amazing young hungry broker on Marcus and Millichap who started sending us really good deals. Didn't ask us about our experience because we we're newbie multifamily investors, which is, that's a huge hurdle trying to get into multifamily, not having any experience. So we met this young broker who didn't ask us our experience. And so we kind of just wrote that out. And once we closed on that 12 unit with him and we were like, oh, that was our first deal. He was like, oh, really? Like he was shocked. And then started and we did all three deals with him and his team at Marcus and Millichap and just the numbers looking good. And we built a team over there. Uh, We have good contractors over there, property management team, just Mm -hmm. the numbers are good. 
Marcus Similichap creates one of the most highly motivated uh, agents I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's kind of like Boiler Room the way that they the way that they do it, but it, it also creates a lot of motivation to find deals to close and everything like that. So if you can find the right agent with them, we've had a lot of luck with that organization too. Um, and uh, I, I think it's an interesting kind of whole thing about how uh, you mentioned something that's interesting about these brokers because they get so many phone calls because mm-hmm. you're, you're certainly not the only one that's called them and said, Hey, I want to buy multifamily. It, it's like the darling of investing now, or a lot of people believe that it is. Um, and that's, so they probably get a lot of calls. And so somehow or another, you and your husband were able to stand out a bit uh, to this broker and he decided to take a shot on you. So any, any tips on how you're able to make yourself stand out a bit? Yeah, we got super specific on what we were looking for. So even though we were new, like when we were looking up in Oregon, we were like, hey, we're looking for 12 to 30 units, one to $2 million value add in these sub markets. And that's super specific. And yeah, maybe it took him a little bit longer for us to find from him to find us a deal. But as soon as he did, we jumped on it right away because it was exactly what we were looking for. So getting super specific on um, kind of what we're looking for in terms of a property and then getting um, him feedback. So my husband and I, made it a priority. And this was something we heard when we listened to tons of podcasts that that broker relationship is so crucial. And so Mm -hmm. we were like, made it a goal to give our brokers a 48 hour turnaround time of just whether or not it was a good deal, or if we'd be moving forward, some sort of feedback. It was like, Hey, this deal isn't going to hit the returns for our investors. Like if it didn't work, at least just saying that because these brokers deal with investors who don't even respond to them. And then they're like, Okay, where are you at? Like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Have you even looked at it? So, but for us, we're like, at least in 48 hours, we're like, hey, this isn't going to work. Keep us in mind for the next one. And just even giving them that is better than nothing. It's a great tip. Great tip. I mean, treat them, treat them like a professional, give them feedback. I mean, this is their living also, right? Um, So that's great. So uh, before we move into the, go ahead. It's now like five minutes instead of 48 hours. (laughs) You got to get back to them. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, I give them quick feedback, right? Um, So uh, uh, Savannah, before we get into the final exam, uh, what's next for uh, for your acquisitions? I mean, focusing more on Oregon or uh, what what should we look for next? next from you and your acquisition organizations for uh, multifamily. Yeah, definitely. So we did those three syndications within a six month period as we were starting out. So we're exhausted. Um, <laughs> I Even after the 24 unit, the second one we did, I was telling my husband, okay, I need a little bit of break from capital raising because it's nonstop phone calls, right? And yeah. he was like, then he got the 18 unit and he was like, no, it's too good to pass up. We got to do it. It's going to sell itself. So we ended up doing that one. So now I'm like, okay, really after this one, I'm taking a break, but really to just kind of like build our business a little bit more. I want to get specific on kind of like strategically building the net worth nurse, like start this meetup, like that's going to be my huge focus over the next six months. I'm giving myself like four months. My husband's going to get his real estate um, license so that he can be a real estate professional come tax seasons to Mm kind of help us out with that. So he's working on that over the next few months. So that's kind of what we're doing there. And then, yeah, we'll definitely start doing some more deals. Um, Obviously we'll keep looking in Oregon because we have that relationship with the Mm -hmm. broker, but we're also very interested in Reno, Nevada and Atlanta, Georgia. I heard good things about Reno. Uh, So, well, well, best of luck to you on your acquisitions. Uh, Savannah, are you prepared? Are you uh, strapped in for the final exam? Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) David, you want to kick it off today? (laughs) What book or film has changed your life? Which what? What oh, book? sorry. What book, book or, or film has changed your life? Okay. I was uh, cracking up too much. I couldn't even <laughs> <laughs> Uh 
think and grow rich. That was something I read right out of college that just, I wasn't even like real estate, wasn't even a blimp on the radar. And I read that book and I think it just gave me the foundation that when I actually found real estate, I was like, this is it. This is how I'm going to do it. And just think and grow rich, not just in terms of money, but in all areas of your life with your health, Mm. with your relationships, just the abundance that our world has and our ability to achieve it. That was a major mindset shift. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. They're trying to, they're actually going to turn that into a movie, actually, believe I it or not. Heard. Bob Proctor, as I heard. So yeah. um, awesome. What is one healthy habit you wish more of your patients practiced? Oh, juicing a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just the ability for your body again, not having to break down all those nutrients, all of them go straight into your bloodstream with juicing. Like you feel it. I, yeah, that would be something for sure. That's awesome. All right. So what is one wealth tip you wish your patients did? No, I wish you had learned earlier. Oh, yeah. That would be good too. That too. It could be what your patients did. I know you've got a lot of great wealth tips. Uh-huh. Uh, so either your patients or yourself, what's one wealth tip you wished either you had learned earlier or that your patients practiced? Um, getting specific about where you want to go and having goals, even like five-year, 10-year goals, because a lot of people I think go through life, not even knowing where their final destination is. So then it's hard to kind of take steps to even get there. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere completely different. So I think getting specific about where you want to be and what you want to achieve, and then kind of set goals and work backwards from there of creating an action plan of what it's going to take to make, get those goals. Awesome. Awesome. What did you do for fun? Um, going to the beach and actually yoga has been something that I've missed terribly over the last year. And I was actually just, they've just started opening yoga studios here in LA. So I think I'm going to hit a yoga, a group indoor yoga class this weekend. I might have to wear a mask, but I'm so excited. Just like vinyasa flow with music going and a group mm-hmm. of other people. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Well, the mask will slow down your breathing, so it'll be even better. <laughs> It'd be helpful. Right. Right. Yeah. Mask it can become a thing like mask on yoga. Right. Yeah. Now, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, um, definitely the ability to go to Hawaii for a month and work on real estate there, um, having the flexibility with my schedule to do that. My husband working in it as a full-time real estate professional full-time, um, but probably in LA, every time we think about leaving here, we just can never do it. The weather and, and the area is just way too nice to leave. So here in LA doing real estate just with more time freedom. Yeah, you kind of you're already in paradise. Why well, you you want to yeah. go to paradise again, right? You know, you, you want to go so leave paradise to traffic. go to paradise. When you're sitting in traffic, then it's that's it, true. Less traffic. And then the sunroof is down, and then you're still getting burnt. And it's, yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Right. Less traffic in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A nurse. I think I want, well, a doctor. I think I wanted to be a doctor. And then when I started doing rotations, I talked to a young doctor who was like, you don't want to deal with 12 years of medical school and all these loans that I have to deal with. Do nursing. You can get out of it in four years. You're making great salary and you can do all these different specialties. And I was like, and then I started looking into nursing and that's something I've known I've wanted to do for forever. Hmm. That is super cool. One bucket list item you have not accomplished. I'm sure there's a lot of them, but name one. Mm, Doing a deal with someone else. It's been, we've just been kind of doing them ourselves. And I really want to kind of do a strategic partnership for sure. And like a real estate deal and kind of create like a little team. Um, That's something we're definitely looking into doing in the near future. 
Get in, bend. I'll come down. Yeah. Bend Oregon. I'll bring my bike and then David would do business with you just so he could go to bend and drink the water and ride off. Drink the water and then it's all good. Drink the water, ride my bike. You'd bring an empty suitcase and fill it up with gallon jugs and bend water. How terrible would that be? Yeah, I know, right? TSA would love that. Get through TSA with that. It's just water. It's fine. It's just regular water. Cool. Well, Savannah, this has been an awesome, uh, awesome conversation. I really appreciate you spending some time with us on the Healthy Wealthy Wise Guys show. If folks want to reach out to hear more about all your awesome health tips, your balance tips, your real estate tips, anything uh, in general, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, the net worth nurse. So you can find me under the net worth nurse on all social media handles. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. My website's the net worth nurse. And I love connecting with people. If you're remotely interested in anything I've been saying, please reach out. I would love to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we uh, look forward to tracking and seeing how you're uh, how you're doing and how you're growing and all the cool stuff that you're up to. And uh, we sure appreciate you spending the time with us on the show today. Thanks, guys. It was my pleasure. All right. Uh, that's my stop Wait, to the uh, editing team. To clap, <laughs> too, right? I'm not supposed to do that again, but I can do it again. Um, but I, I stop them by doing that. So we will cut that this portion out. And then David and I will do an intro and outro after we let you drop. Um, great combo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was wondering, I'm like, are we going to hit any real estate content? No. I would have been totally fine if we didn't, but I was like, I, know, I, you know, I talk always a lot bring of it already. You probably, I talk about real estate enough. So it's you probably do a lot. You probably go on a lot of real estate podcasts uh, out there, right? Is that, is that yeah. the main circle that you're mainly? In? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I was okay going down the health stuff because people yes. probably have heard about your deals in Oregon a lot on yeah. the other podcasts that you've been on, but I thought it would be a good angle to like, I I enjoyed the, the the health stuff. I mean, the COVID conversation was awesome. I probably could Super have stayed cool. there for a little bit longer. That was really cool. I appreciate you getting a little real about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you probably don't get to talk about that very often on the podcast circuit. So no, I've been asked it a couple of times, but I do have to be super careful about what I, I say know. because I do. Yeah. You know, I have different kind of viewpoints than maybe some other healthcare professionals. And so yeah. I don't, it could, that could be such a sticky conversation, you it know, is, people yeah, are like judging you, everything you say about it. So I'm like, yeah. Sorry if I went like, did you get the vax? You know? Yeah, no, no, no. You're fine. I'm a big proponent of that. So just maybe not a lot of the it's, others. I think that we in circles don't talk about these kinds of things enough because yeah. as you said, that there's there's so many different opinions. And the only way that we can get even closer to be on the same page is by discussing these things more in public forums. So I appreciate you letting us go there. Yeah. Um, about nice. it and sharing some of the real experiences you had. So totally. Um, cool, cool. Well, awesome. I know you got to jump. You got you got you got another you, you got another go interview. Work. What's what's gotta next? Go. No, she's got to go to work. Um, I actually have to do one more interview. It's actually with Lisa. Oh. She's gonna be the keynote speaker at your wife's. Oh, Lisa uh, Nichols. Yep. Is that how you say your last name? I yeah. got to jump on that right now at eight, and then um, then I'm then I'm headed back into work. You going <laughs> on her? What's the name of her show? Oh my gosh, I can't remember. But I am. Um, hold on, I have it right here. She is. Oh, wait, no, Lisa, wait, Lisa Hilton. Is that a different, the level up real estate? Is yes, that? that's different. Lisa Nichols was on The Secret. She's yeah. the, um, that's like one, one, one of the head people of The Secret movie that was out a while ago. She's Got like, it. More like this. a motivation, like a mindset 
kind of good. Yeah. 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 Are you going to shout in or she had a show? Are you going on her show too? Or this is no, no, it must be a different one. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'll tell Liz you said hello. Uh, Have a great podcast. Uh, And awesome. Love I'm loving your energy. Uh, We'll maybe have to have you back on at some point soon. Right. Totally. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing, bringing health into it. It's such a relevant topic that I yeah. think. More and I keep pushing David out. to go on more shows and that. So David may need to, uh, if you, if you are open to guests on your show and the Network Nurse, Net Worth Nurse podcast. Well, she you, doesn't have it. You have a show? No, but you can come to my meetup and speak. Oh, yeah. I, I would love that. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The David could come and speak to your meetup too. Cause he's. I'm an early riser. When I'm out in LA area, then I'll come. <laughs> Right. No, it's virtual. It'll you're going to do it. It's It'll virtual. It'll be September. It'll be out so. It's virtual. Yeah, you you're, you don't have an excuse now. No, it's, uh, right. It depends what time Zoom. it is. He's okay. got to do it. I'll make, I'll make sure he does it. No, I'll send you an email. Nice. Copy right. me so I can poke him. Right. Right. You keep poking right. me. Cool. Bye, guys. Thanks, Bye. Again. Okay, Dr. Iggy, what would you think of the show? Holy cow. That is incredible. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I'm going to love anyone that's going to go you out are. to Santa Monica to have a good time. You know, it, it, that's like right up my alley. That is that Muscle Beach? I think that's Muscle Beach. I yeah. we were talking about scooter. I got all excited. When I know. We I was like, this guy going talking about the beaches in California? But like, oh, he's he loves the beaches in California. You know those beaches. I have actually not yet been to Santa Monica. I've been through. I've driven past it, but didn't we didn't stop there? That's one of my regrets is we didn't stop in Santa Monica when Liz and I were driving up the coast. Oh yeah, um, you got to go next. I've time. heard it's gorgeous. So I'll just have to go back. Yeah. Just have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I loved her vibe. I loved her energy. I loved a lot of the conversation we had. Um, You know, I think we got to keep an eye on the net worth nurse here and hear where she goes next because I think that she's in front of a lot of cool things. Um, And uh, you can listen to her on a lot of the other podcasts and vehicles she has out there and uh, meetups and all the other stuff that she's up to. And I I believe that that, uh, the net worth nurse Savannah, Savannah Arroyo is just getting going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's going out to Ben's. If she gets another property, I'm out there to drink the water, go biking. So I'm there. You could be her water taster, her water yeah, right. I'll drink all right. the water. I'll nice. stay in the hotels and drink the water. Nice. Nice. <laughs> cool. All right, folks, make sure you check us out at mattandiggy.com to hear more of the great stuff that we're up to. Make sure you subscribe to our mailing list there and uh, make sure that you like and that you like this. Give this a podcast. Hey, not, don't like it. I'm such a YouTube guy. Don't have to like it. You're going to love it. No, you're, you're going to love it. it. No, give this give this uh, podcast a five-star rating, please, on your favorite podcasting app and uh, be so kind as to write us a review if you would. And do not forget to check us out on the next episode. Dr. Iggy, take us home, brother. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys show with Matt and Dr. Iggy. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you like what we do, please check us out at mattandiggy.com. Thanks for listening again and have a great day.